The staff here at St. Paul's is hard at work getting ready for Lent. It's just a few weeks away. I know, hard to believe that we are well on our way into March. As we've been considering classes and worship opportunities of times to come together safely, without a doubt, one of the things that we wanted to be intentional in offering was an invitation to participate in one of the less frequently used sacraments of the church. I'm referring to reconciliation of a penitent, otherwise known as confession. Now, for those of you who are paying attention on a Sunday morning, you would say, we make confession every single Sunday. And that is true. We pray a general confession every single Sunday as a part of our Eucharist service. But a little further back in the Book of Common Prayer, beginning on page 447, there are two services of reconciliation of a penitent. This is a time of one-on-one -on -one confession between a penitent and a priest. The prayer book has two forms of reconciliation of a penitent, and they're more or less the same, except for one thing. Now, in both forms, the penitent is invited to confess their sins, those things that weigh upon them, the things that trouble their conscience. But one form includes additionally an option to forgive those who have sinned against them, which is what our gospel lesson for today is all about, forgiveness. A continuation of his sermon on the plain, where we heard last week of Jesus proclaiming blessing and woes, we begin our gospel today with Jesus saying, I say to you who listen, which I actually think what he might have been saying was, for those of you who are still listening, Jesus continues to say some very hard things to hear. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not even withhold your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. So, are you still listening? If I'm honest, when Jesus says things like this, I can't help but be amazed that Christianity exists. It's not easy. This is not easy. Not once 
Have I ever thought, yes, I cannot wait to be kind and generous and forgiving to someone who makes my life utterly miserable. Strong feelings are what are evoked when Jesus says these words. But I want us to try to just step outside of the feeling. Just step outside and forget for a second. Just forget for a second about feelings of fairness, about safety, of worth. The feelings about who is right and who is wrong and who is justified and who is not. Let us just for a moment try to step away from that and ponder together. Why would Jesus even ask this of us? What does loving doing good, blessing, and praying for those who, in our lived experience of them, do not deserve it. What does that accomplish for us and for God's kingdom? Jesus sets a baseline, stating that all of us, all of us will do good and give and lend and share with people that we deem worthy. It's that part where he talks about even sinners do this. He's talking about us. But then Jesus asks us to do something more. Jesus asks us to love when it's hard. To do good when we have every reason not to. To give when it would be smart and prudent to withhold. And to love. To love when all the rest of the world would say, you have every right to hate. What is Jesus hoping to accomplish by asking us to do this? Well, it doesn't feel like what Jesus is hoping to accomplish is for us to feel good. No, upon hearing this and Probably like a lot of you, we've heard this piece of scripture before. It has yet to ever make me feel good. No, to hear this often makes us feel like just maybe Jesus doesn't understand how the world really is. <laughs> maybe this Jesus guy has his head in the clouds? It doesn't make us feel good. It doesn't make us feel safe. I think, I think that Jesus asks us to do this because I think Jesus wants us to have more than just a feeling of good. I think that Jesus actually wants us to be good, to embrace 
our goodness. It is in living in this way, this very hard way, that we live fully into who God created us to be. And in asking us to be merciful, and in asking us to be forgiving, and in asking us to be people committed to love, Jesus calls us back to our belovedness, calls us back to who we were before the ways of the world swayed our hearts. Jesus gives us an invitation to go back to our best selves. And if we meet him there in grace, love, and mercy, if we meet him in forgiveness, there is also an opening for those that we forgive to follow us into their belovedness as well. Don't settle for retribution, says Jesus. Aim for restorative justice, where both the oppressed and the oppressor, where both the sinner and the sinned upon, where both can be healed. In her memoir, Traveling Mercies, Anne Lamont says that withholding forgiveness is like drinking rat poison and then waiting for the rat to die. Jesus is asking us to put the rat poison aside and to consume only that which is life and love rather than be consumed by hate and the slow, painful death that is resentment. Yes, 100%, Jesus' words are hard. But they are also so good. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. Is that not good news? Is that not good news? Of the abundance of God's love that allows for us to forgive abundantly? Is it not good news that the weight of hurt and hate and bitterness and fears is ours to shed, should we choose to? Is it not good news that the extent to which we show mercy and forgiveness and love, that it is returned to us? And if we are really honest, there is the good news that the ways in which we have hurt others, the ways in which we have hurt the world, and the ways in which we have hurt ourselves, that forgiveness, mercy, love, it's 
for us too. As we prepare for Lent, I invite each and every one of you to consider if reconciliation of a penitent or one-on-one -on -one confession with one of your priests might be something that you desire to take on. We have resources available to help you prepare and are intentionally setting aside Holy Tuesday, the Tuesday of Holy Week, to be a day where your clergy are available to hear confessions. When it comes to reconciliation of a penitent, the saying goes, all can, some should, none must. Where do you fit in that? The service of reconciliation of a penitent concludes in this way. Now there is rejoicing in heaven, for you were lost and are found. You were dead and are now alive in Christ Jesus our Lord. Go in peace. The Lord has put away all your sins.